Fable, a pastoral podcast where we discuss common and often controversial topics from a biblical perspective. I'm Mark. I'm Matt Miller. I'm Matt Henry. And I'm Lena. Don't forget to give us all those stars on iTunes and share this episode with your friends. We're talking about tongues. Finally finishing talking about tongues. Absolutely going to finish it. Period. We're going to finish it. Yep. Finally. <laughs> how, many, how many is it? Okay, so finally, how many has it been? About what episode is this? Oh, no, it's only been like four. This is our fourth. It's, it's the our fourth and final. Fourth one. Okay. Yeah. So, the, uh, yeah, we're going to end First Corinthians 14, do a brief thing on Mark 16, and then... Try to summarize it. Give some summary points yeah. to final. capture... Uh, finally, yeah. <laughs> okay. All right, so we would ask again, if you have your the ability to have a Bible open. It's always useful. Uh, we're going to just deal with uh, 1 Corinthians 14 because that's actually the one part of the Bible that deals extensively with tongues. Um, and and there are some clear restrictions, clear directions that Paul gives in that um, section. And the first thing that everyone should understand is these are actually apostolic commands. Um, and therefore, they're expected to be obeyed. And I, I, I emphasize that because um, they're almost treated like they're suggestions or they're treated very casually. And, and they can't be. That Paul is literally using the imperative. He's commanding these things and he expects you to obey them. Um, so the first thing is in chapter 14, verse 26, he says that everything is to be done for the sole purpose of edification of the body. Um, in other words, you as an individual are not the purpose for tongues ever. Um, you are not the purpose for preaching ever. You are not the purpose for prophecy ever. That's not the point. And we've, we've kind of alluded to it in various different ways in the other podcasts, right? But um, the biggest push on tongues is to always make it something that's edifying for you, and that's what makes it so awesome. But the reality is that everything is for the edification of the body, and that's key. Uh, now, if, and this is a big if, uh, if there is going to be tongues in the church, he then commands that it only be two or three people speaking in tongues. Um, and only, again, if there's interpretation. So in, you can see that in verses 20, uh, 27, 28. Lane, do you want to read those? If anyone speaks in a tongue, are we saying, saying language? Is this episode? Yeah, I know. Okay. It should be by two or at the most three and each in turn, and let one interpret. But if there is no interpreter, let him keep silent in the church and let him speak to himself and to God. So this is not a hard passage to read. You know, when you go into a church and you see a bunch of people speaking in tongues all at once, they're just simply in disobedience to this. Um, two, at the maximum three, and only at the interpreter. And if not, be quiet. Um, the same restriction then applies to prophecy. So he, he, prophecy is not to dominate the congregation and dominate the church service. Um, 
Yeah, so there, there's, in other words, there's no room in the assembled service for craziness, silliness. Um, and yet? Well, <laughs> there, yeah, and so there can't be disorder, there can't be self-centeredness. Um, no matter what type of worship style any church has, this is a divine command, again, as you've been saying, that can't be ignored. It has to drive everything that the church does. Um, but then there's this, this final statement about women being silent in the church and to ask their husbands if there is a question. Um, now, we hold that this is still part of the context of tongues and prophecy right, it's in not, chapter 14 here. It's not all of a sudden changing the subject Right, or this something. isn't something new. Right, so, so when a tongue is interpreted or a prophecy is given, um, his point then within context there is that the women were not to be the ones speaking and inquiring as to what is being mm -hmm. said. Um, again, that's why context is important. Um, that is for the, for the men in the church. Um, uh, you know, a prophetic word might elicit a lot of discussion. Um, and the women therefore were then not to get involved in it. That's Paul's right. point. Mm. Um, doctrinal examination and debate, in other words, belong with the men, which of course is consistent with Paul's teaching right. in first Timothy two. So it's not like this is just out of left field here. Um, so then Paul brings the whole thing to a close. Um, he he writes this, Lena, if you want to read that. If anyone thinks he is a prophet or spiritual, let him recognize the things which I write to you are the Lord's commandment. But if anyone does not recognize this, he is not recognized. Therefore, my brethren, desire earnestly to prophesy and do not forbid to speak in tongues, but let all things be done properly and in an orderly manner. Okay, so notice again, or here again, the term spiritual, um, because it's the thing that's driving this whole thing, this whole context. Paul is pushing hard on him here. He's saying, so you, you think you hear from God, you think you are a spiritual person, um, then you will prove it by obeying and prove that mm -hmm. you are not if you don't. Yeah. Right? It's actually clever and brutal. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, like I, I always love how he does that. You think you're spiritual, then you'll recognize me. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's how you know you got some authority. Um, so, so the gifts are just that gifts, and they they shouldn't be forbidden. They should not be forbidden. Right. He 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 says, look, desire for honestly the for right. these these things. Just do it properly. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's the problem that we find ourselves frequently when we're confronted with this is people are confused because they're they're ignoring the simple commands of what first corinthians 14 gives these are not hard commands they're clear and we just ignore them or we we say okay well that's only if they need interpretation but we're all in a group praying our private prayer language so right it's cool it's like no when when the church gathers and somebody's speaking in tongues somebody has to interpret it and you can only have two or three do it yeah and the, and and by definition, they'll be done corporately. Yeah. You, you can't have the tongues being done privately yeah. because it's a gift for the edification and building up of the body. And, and yes. And then on top of all that, he's like, and if you don't agree with me on that, then you're not, you're proving yourself not to be that spiritual person right. and you should be ignored anyhow. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're, you're not going to win the argument in it. So if somebody wants to debate the tongues things, it's like, fine, debate all you want, but you're simply ignoring the text. And at that point, you can't even have a really sane discussion because... You're, you're, yeah, you're not talking you're, at the same level. Right, right. You, you have two different authorities. Right. Uh, my experience 
and and the text. Um, all right, so then this whole thing started because a, a guy asked us uh, via a Facebook messenger um, about the Mark 16 passage in tongues. And he, um, now he since has learned a lot about Mark 16, but we're going to just touch on that lightly. Um, but in Mark 16, starting in verse 9, there's a lot of questions regarding, first of all, does it even belong to the book of Mark? Mm. Um, and some people know about this. A lot of people don't know about it. Most translations... They'll, they'll bracket it. They'll put a bracket or they'll footnote it or... some it. Somehow yeah. they'll make a mark. And then usually in a footnote or something like that, they'll mention that many manuscripts don't contain this. It's highly, highly doubtful... Um, that it's part of the original uh, yeah. writing of Mark. Um, but that gets into an issue that we're not getting into in this this series. Um, it's called textual criticism. Um, it's, it's a fascinating study. It's actually a very encouraging study, but um, it's not for this time. Um, what need, is needed to be said is that the mention of tongues shows up then in verse 17. And it's part of what Mark, it's a part of, the mark of Mark's gospel that's likely not actually written by Mark and it doesn't belong in the Bible. So that would be, I mean, that would be my quick and dirty answer to anybody. It's like, well, what about Mark 16, 17? I'm like, yeah, it's not even it. I, I treat that like I treat the woman caught in the adultery. I don't know right. your position. Johnny, on, yeah. yeah. It's, it's like that thing shows up all over the place. Right. In fact, I think it shows up in Luke on a, a few manuscripts. Um, I'm, I, it's it's like this magical story that just got show, showed up, and now it's just part of yeah. uh, what we do. But it's not the book that you're, or it's not the section that you should ever begin to develop any kind of doctrine. theology mm -hmm. or doctrine yeah. or practice because there's severe questions on it. Right. Um, so I, I would just simply say to them, it doesn't belong there. But having said that, what do we do with it? Let's yeah. just treat yeah. it like it does. Uh, we would treat it in light of the rest of scripture. And so everything we learned in Acts and 1 Corinthians apply to this. So it still doesn't change Paul's commands. It doesn't change what we learned in Acts. Um, right. They're still interpreted in light of right. everything else. Uh, but but we'll, let's read it in its context. So, Lena, you want to read verses 17 and 18? Okay. And these signs will accompany those who have believed. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will pick up serpents. And if they drink any deadly poison, it shall not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Yeah. Uh, so the idea given by those who hold that this is part of Mark is that tongues are, of course, to be considered normative. Right. Um, it, it is one of the signs that will be present. So again, what do you, what do we do with this? Well, as we've been saying, if someone wants to use the passage to argue that believers must um, show evidence that they are saved by speaking in tongues, then fine. Yeah. I mean, okay, great. <laughs> argue it. Um, but then they must also hold that the rest of the passage is true as well and normative for every Christian right. as well. So give them they, poison. They can drink poison. Yeah. yeah hand them a cup. Um, they'll, they'll heal the sick. They can handle poisonous snakes without harm. Everything else in that passage has to be, True for them as well. And it's not on occasion they may heal or on occasion they may 
accidentally drink poison and not have a problem. It it says in absolute statements that these things are true and they will accompany yeah. those who have believed. So if they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them. Yeah. It doesn't say accidentally or anything yeah. else. It's it, it, this is why it's um important that people think. Yeah. Yeah, no restrictions, no caveats. Um th- this isn't potential. It's very normative. Um and so we just point out that the people arguing for tongues here, again, are, are not being faithful to the rest of the section. And so we just move, move on. on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Next. <laughs> yeah. And we would counsel the same to, to anyone who's engaged in a conversation with someone who's arguing that Mark 16 is true or normative or part of the biblical canon. And, and to be honest, we, would, we have found in our own personal experience that when we talk to people about the whole issue of tongues or speaking in foreign languages that you don't know, um, it's hard to have a sustained conversation with somebody who fervently disagrees with us. And, we, and, and the reason is we're almost never able to just deal with the text. It's like talking um, to a Catholic, you know? Yeah. Like, I didn't think about that, but because you're you're coming, you have just completely different points of authority. It's not the scripture alone. Let's look at the text alone, and then when you do it, it gets odd because again, there's these interpretive lenses, yeah, and so you're just on different planes. Yeah, I almost made another podcast, but then like enough with tongues. Uh, <laughs> Charisma magazine had this like ten reasons why everyone should speak in tongues. And it was horrid, a horrid article. Um, but it was interesting. I was telling you about it, how they're having all these verses attached to each argument, but so many of them have nothing to do with tongues. But it, it gets into the whole broader doctrine of this uh, doctrine of the Holy Spirit. So pray in the Spirit, what that means to right. them, without it ever saying that, is that means speaking in tongues or be filled with the Spirit, not drunk with wine, um, that that means speaking in tongues. I'm like, all the way through it, it's just filled with these terrible understandings of what the text actually is saying. And so again, you can't even make an argument. Right. Um, so I, I I think that it our hope in the podcast is it provokes people to think, um, study, consider it, but we're not looking to convince a hardcore person who believes in no. speaking in tongues for their private prayer language or that they're somehow in touch with angelic speech. It's like, if you yeah. want to do that. And we don't have to. It's no. a, if the people who are on the fence, they're not certain. They want to look at the text. You know, hopefully this will have been a helpful yeah. series for you. Yeah. Uh, so, so let's summarize what we've learned because we've actually covered quite a bit. The yeah. f- first thing we did uh, is that tongues is simply a language. Right. Um, and it's useful only if it's understood by the listener, such as what we saw in Acts, or it is interpreted. Those are the only times it has any value. You have to have the listener know that language or you need an interpreter. If you don't have those two, it's just babble. Right. Um, yeah. So, Second, um, tongues by itself does not build up the church and therefore is of lesser value to the church. So right away, if you are listening to this and 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 your friend is just telling you, no, you got to be speaking in tongues, you got to, um, you already know there's something wrong there. It's, it's not the pr- primary or preeminent gift in any way, shape or form. It's, right. it's really brought to a low level of importance mm-hmm. uh, in itself. Uh, the third one would be that tongues is not something that all believers should have. 
nor is it ever stated that it should be normative in our lives. Yeah. So if you've not spoken in tongues, you can breathe. Yeah. It's not indicative of your salvation. Uh, fourth, it holds an extremely small place in the New Testament and great suspicion should be present whenever it figures prominently in the life of any church. Yep. If your church is defined by that, then there's, there's something wrong. Um, fifth, all gifts are to be viewed through the lens of how they build up the church and never oneself. Yeah. All gifts. Doesn't matter what they are, and that includes yeah. tongues. And again, that's so important, especially when the conversation about tongues is brought to the the private prayer yep. um, language. Six, if someone wants to try to argue that their tongue speaking is some ecstatic language that is heavenly and a private prayer to God, fine. Um, in itself, it will ultimately prove to be harmless. But if they try to foist it upon a church, then they should be corrected. It's not something you can just yeah. pass over. Have you ever had somebody try to do that in a church service? I, you probably Not at mine. Yeah, I have. Yeah. And I just told them to shush. Mm. You know, and then they stopped and then they were deeply offended. I'm like, well, that's okay. You've offended me and everyone else. So sure. <laughs> join the club. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, we, we used to have it at... Uh, in California, though. Did you? Yeah, you get that, and people stand up and all of a sudden have a word from the Lord. And people, we had security just kind of, they were really good about it, too. They just kind of nicely, gently, but quietly take them outside. And it just, and everyone just went right back to listening to the sermon, but yeah. pain. All right, so <laughs> okay. that's tongues. That's a topic. We're done. Um, we're going to talk about something else next. Yeah, we're tired of tongues. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but until then, Go ahead and make tell sure them to tune in, join the conversation. Let us know what you think. We do want to hear from you. And don't forget to like, share, comment, rate, review, and tell all your friends. <music>